This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Gosh, we have an awesome story for you today. And it's really cool because it is part two of a previous story that we left off in the middle in. And that is with Brooke Nielsen. So we spoke with Brooke in episode 111, talking about planning for a home birth as a first time mom. And now we are back with Brooke talking about the birth experience and a little bit of postpartum. And I don't want to give away too much here, but just trust me, it is an amazing conversation and it's so full of love and heart and realness. And one of the biggest things that I got from the conversation with Brooke was empowered birth doesn't mean that anything went according to plan. So plan and empowerment don't equal each other in the case of birth and pregnancy and motherhood and really life too, because whatever goes 100% according to plan. And she has some really great tips for mamas in postpartum life to just love on yourself, that self-care, and uh, just being your best you and feeling your best. So thank you so much to Brooke for sharing her beautiful story with us. Real quick, before we hop into it, if you love the show or digging the show, please make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss a single episode. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to the show on Google Play, Stitcher, our website, dihpodcast.com, pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast and the Parents On Demand Network. We are part of that network. You can listen to us on that app, actually, the Parents On Demand app. And if you are listening right now, go ahead and screenshot on your phone and tag us at D-I-A-H on Instagram and put it in your stories or make a post about it. Also share some of your favorite episodes with fellow mama friends, either mamas-to-be as they're planning for birth, you know, pregnancy, whatever. Share the love and the empowerment of your favorite doing it at home episode. And maybe even let us know which one that is. If you have a favorite or a few fra- favorites, favorites, 
I would love to hear it. We would love to hear. So let us know. Okay, real quick, I have to give a huge thank you and acknowledgement to our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Bump Boxes. Bump Boxes is a monthly pregnancy subscription service, and it's tailored to your guest date, to your due date. Uh, this stuff, Bump Boxes, every month through your pregnancy, you get full size, fun, safe, healthy products for you during this experience um, because we know we're going to buy the baby registry stuff. It's all awesome and gravy, but love on you. Start that self-care and practice in motherhood during pregnancy. My bump box that I got, even though I don't have a bump, but I got to try out a bump box. And this stuff has oh so much stuff that I love, like natural lip balms, lotions, bath salts for soaking those feet, uh, all kinds of amazing stuff. A water bottle that I'm sipping out of right now that says feel and fly as a mother, because you're going to have a lot of cool mom gear too. As a mom, I have lots of shirts and stuff that say mom, this mom, that it's awesome. So go check out bump boxes at bumpboxes.com. And when you sign up, with the code D-I-A-H, you'll receive 35% off your first box when you sign up for that subscription. So again, that's bumpboxes.com. Use the code D-I-A-H and you'll get 35% off your first box. Trust me, treat yourself, treat yourself, treat another mama friend with the gift of bump boxes. So thank you to them. And without any further ado, here is our conversation with Brooke Nielsen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Brooke. Welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. I'm really excited to talk to you because I've been kind of following your journey through social media, through Instagram, but now I get like you all to myself and I get to hear, you know, some of the details in the, in the juiciness. So I'm, I'm great. (laughs) Good, good. I'm excited to be here and to share our story and our wild birth adventure. So thank you for having me back on. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's not just you, this conversation, we have another little guest, right? Oh, yes, she is. I'm wearing her right now. So we'll see how she does during this call. But right now she's sleeping. So all is well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, for those who are tuning in um, and are like, wait, welcome back. You know, what's this? Well, you we did a part one for you when you were still pregnant. And that's actually episode 111. So 111, pretty easy to remember. And if you're listening right now and you want the backstory, pause right now, go listen to 111 and then come back to us and you can pick up from here. But we talked about you preparing for home birth, you and your husband, Jordan, first time mama. Um, We also have a dog named Watson shared in common. So we have that 
um, kindred thing going on. Um, but yeah, we kind of left you there. You were kind of near birthing time. You were near guest state. And why don't you just pick up for us, you know, wherever you want, I guess, leading up to birth and what was going on. Sure. All right. So our pregnancy, you know, was, I'm not an annoying person where, you know, you asked how a pregnancy is going and I would say it's going great. Like there were no complications. I was feeling really good. Um, everything was going, you know, fantastic. And we hit the 37 week mark, still doing great. Um, it was at that time, our midwife and her team came over to our house to, you know, see our place, get a sense of everything. They bring over, you know, the birth tub, all the equipment, um, and just talk about, you know, where do you envision having your baby and, um, you know, like walk us through the whole process of what it could look like, you know, when the day finally comes. So did all of that and um, went to lay down to do our vitals where they, you know, check me for, you know, her heartbeat and how I'm doing and my heartbeat and, you know, all of that good stuff. And during that check, um, her, her being, you know, my baby, um, her heart rate dropped really low and it was to a point where it was pretty scary. And, you know, we all stopped and we're all quiet in the room and had that moment of this isn't normal. You know, you know, after listening to the heart rate for so many weeks, you know, before that, once you hit that, something was different, you know, all of us were just kind of had that moment of being terrified. Um, her heart rate did come back up. My midwife stayed and monitored me for, an extended period of time just to, you know, make sure her heart rate did come back and was normal. But it was enough of a scare that my midwife said, you know, I think I'd like you to just go in, have it checked out, um, have a scan done, just make sure everything's looking okay in there with her heart and everything's normal. And I really wanted to point that out because one of our big fears and a lot of fears that I hear from people who, you know, when we would tell them we were doing a home birth, they would say, oh, you know, but it's not safe. And what if something goes wrong? And what if there's an emergency? This was a great point because our midwife noticed something was wrong and she suggested that we have it go checked out. And I really am thankful for her that, you know, she wasn't too proud to say, oh, you're fine. Just, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. No big deal. She made a point to say, let's go check it out. Um, So it was actually that night I went with my husband and we met um, a lady that she knows who does ultrasounds um, out of her home. So we went to meet her and had an ultrasound done. And just this was just to check the heart rate to make sure everything was okay. And the lady who was doing the ultrasound says, oh, has anyone told you that this baby's breech? And I immediately broke down in tears. I mean, this was my biggest fear. I just did this was like devastating to me because here we are at 37 weeks, you know, this was go time. It could happen any point from now. And I have this breech baby. So I had a very hard time coming to terms with this. And of course, from that point on, it was, okay, what can I do to flip this baby? And for those of you who don't know, breech means just your baby's flipped the other way, meaning her head is up, not head down. So Mm -hmm. her head was up in the right side of my ribs. You guys can kind of picture that. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously not, you know, ideal for birthing the birthing position, right? What we all, you know, want our babies to be positioned head down, locked and loaded, ready to go at this point usually. And so this was a Friday. Friday I found out she was breech. And 
from then on, I did chiropractic. I did acupuncture. I was doing all these weird things at home where you like lay on an ironing board upside down and like for 20 minutes, just crazy stuff that has been said before to help, you know, flip breech babies. Um, then on a Sunday, I'm telling you guys all the days because this happens very quickly. So on Sunday, uh, we decided that we would have my midwife attempt a version. So that means where she, you know, physically takes and tries to move the baby into the correct position. Um, this can be painful. There are dangers associated with it, but we, you know, said we trusted our midwife. We knew that, you know, we would do what we could. If anything were to happen, we would stop. Uh, we decided to have the lady there again to do the ultrasound so we could monitor her, monitor her heart rate, monitor her position to, if anything were to go wrong. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, the midwife attempted the version and she attempted three times and it was unsuccessful. Um, I say three times because we would attempt to to, to uh, move her and her heart rate would start to drop at a certain point and she would stop, let her heart rate come back to normal. And then she would try again. Uh, we tried this three times. And by that point, we all agreed that it was, it was enough. Henley was, our daughter's name was Henley. Um, she, you know, did not want to flip that night and it wasn't meant to be. So we said we would be done. We then scheduled a appointment at the hospital for Thursday So keep in mind, Friday, she's breached. Sunday, we had the version attempt that was unsuccessful. Then we um, had this another version scheduled for Thursday that next week at the hospital. Um, At the hospital, they can do some different things where they uh, actually, they give you something that helps you relax your uterus that can make it easier for the baby to flip. And, you know, of course, wanting a home birth, I did not want to go into the hospital, but I thought, you know, this, if this is going to help her get an ideal position so I can, you know, have a home birth with her. So I can birth her, you know, what we would attempt with, you know, typically call naturally. Uh, that was worth it to me. Mm-hmm. So. And so how was Sunday, the, oh, sorry. I just want I was curious what the, the hospital staff was like, well, I guess you're going to get to that when they were there, how they were receptive to your process and that, you know, to flip babies so that you could do a home birth. You know, I was wondering if it was, you know, supportive and conducive to that um, decision. So it actually was. Great. And we were thankful because our midwife knew one of the doctors. So she called her personally and asked if she would be available to do the version on Thursday. She was. Um, she had done many of them in the past and, you know, had worked with our midwife. So it was it was not uncommon for me to call and schedule this version. Um, they were very open and willing to help us. Great. But, uh, so Sunday, like I said, we had that attempted version with our midwife that failed Monday through Wednesday. I was trying everything. Still, I was still doing chiropractic daily, still doing acupuncture, still doing those weird tilts at home on the couch, on the ironing board, crazy stuff. You know, I was meditating, really trying to like, really focus on this baby and, you know, have this communication with her, like, come on, baby girl, like, this is good for you. Let's flip. This is going to help us both. Wednesday at 1230 in the afternoon, my water breaks. Uh, And it wasn't, (laughs) you know, people ask, are you sure? Like, are you sure you just didn't, you know, pee yourself? (laughs) No, it it was my water. I mean, it was a waterfall. So (laughs) at that point, I was pretty calm. But I, I knew, okay, this, 
this means something's happening. I can't, you know, put this off any longer. So my first thing I was thinking is great. My baby's still breech. And the second thing I thought was I need to check for a meconium. I knew uh, if there's any tint to the, to the, my water, um, if there's any tint to the liquid, that, that could mean that there's meconium in the water and that, that, you know, she pooped in there and there's stress, she's under stress. So that was my first thing to go run and check. Luckily it was normal and there was nothing in there. So that was good. Then I, I called my midwife right away. She asked if I was having any, you know, contractions or anything, which I wasn't, uh, instructed me to come on over to her place then. And uh, we would talk about the options. So went to her place and talking it over kind of what I wanted to do. Obviously things were moving. Um, you know, I said, I still did want to attempt, you know, to have her naturally to have a, you know, a vaginal birth with her. The last thing I wanted was a C-section and, you know, she said, okay, well, we can, we can keep moving forward. Let's keep monitoring her. And she asked if she could check me. And I, you know, there are some uh, people are concerned with, you know, being checked after your water breaks because there's risk for infection, but I knew things were going to be fine. It was worth for me, worth it to have her checked to figure out if she was still breached, kind of what her position was to figure out, you know, can we do this naturally? Can we do this at home? Do we need to go to a hospital? You know, we needed to have her checked. So my midwife checked me. I was 95% effaced. I think that's how you say it. And one centimeter dilated, still no cramping or anything. Um, but at that point, my midwife, you know, asked what we want to do. So my husband showed up, we had a conversation. Uh, and there was, you know, risk that if we were to stay at home, uh, if something were to go wrong, because she's breech, you know, we, we can't really determine there's there's not the, the monitoring at home like there would be in the hospital. So we wouldn't know if something went wrong with her. I forgot to mention as well, when I was checked, my midwife could not feel if it was her, you know, her bum, her booty down there, or if it was her head, you know, it definitely wasn't a booty or a head, but she couldn't feel what it was. It was mm-hmm. like an arm or maybe a leg. She couldn't quite, obviously I was only one centimeter, but it definitely was not her booty and it was not her head. So that's a problem because, you know, obviously with breach, if it's, you know, her booty presenting, um, that is a little easier to birth because then there's not a risk of her cord falling through. Um, you know, if you can just picture, it's just like flipped upside down then. And that is still possible, you know, to birth babies breach when they're in that position. So we thought, you know, there's still too much of a risk. You know, if something were to go wrong, um, this just isn't, we don't feel comfortable being at home with her right now if something were to go wrong. Right. Uh, and this was a hard decision because, you know, we had planned this home birth, everything's at home, ready to go, you know, up to 37 weeks, we've had no issues, but we decided, you know, we want to, we want to go to the hospital, attempt to deliver her vaginally breach. You know, she is still breach and, you know, go from there. So, you know, tears flowing, emotions are high. You know, I'm, devastated at this point because this was like you know this home birth I had planned and now we're going to the hospital but I felt good knowing that this was our choice you know we decided my husband and I to go to the hospital yeah so the midwife oh go ahead I, I had a question because I'm 
Yeah. It came up for me and I hadn't even really thought about this before. So I'm, I'm guessing that other mamas are feeling like this too. Ones who are planning for home birth and also planning for contingency plans. When, Mm -hmm. when that feeling of frustration and kind of disappointment comes in, what about it is so frustrating? I mean, I know there's like what you could assume is the obvious, but what about it for you? Did you feel like, you know, was either being taken from you or was it because it wasn't flowing the way you envisioned it? Like what about that is frustrating? Cause I feel like if you can pinpoint that a little bit more and for other mamas who mm-hmm. go through that process, if you can identify more of what it is, then you have better opportunity of getting support and help around healing that and around, you know, flipping that to an empowered view so that you can go on to have a magical yes. birth experience. So I'm just curious for you what that was. So at the time, you know, when I was in the moment, we, we were deciding to go to the hospital. For me, it was my plans not working out. Mm. I had this plan to have this beautiful home birth. I had envisioned it, how it would go. And it wasn't going according to plan. Right. Uh, so that was my first, I think, harsh reality because, you know, I am a planner and I, you know, I thought, okay, it can't plan exactly how it happens, but it's going to be at home. You know, I knew that it was going to be at home. That was the plan. So that was really hard for me to say, okay, this is totally different than what I had expected or what I had planned. Um, so that was really hard to take in. And then I knew that there was, you know, I was going to the hospital. There was going to be challenges of, you know, other people trying to tell me what to do, or I, you know, there could be a C-section. There could be, you know, people telling me that I needed to do this, needed to do that. And there, there was this like uncertainty and this pressure that all, all of a sudden I was feeling on myself. Mm. Uh, you know, it wasn't the comfort of home with our midwife and her team that I was comfortable with. This was, I kind of saw this as like the negative, you know, I got, this was like the last thing I wanted was to end up in the hospital. Yeah. That was me at the time. Got it. Um, you know, in the moment, that's how I was feeling. Yeah. I appreciate you Looking sharing back, that because that's real. I mean, that's, that was what was going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, that's in the moment, it was really hard for me. I mean, I, it was an emotional time. I, um, it was very hard to, mm-hmm. to make that decision to go for myself. But then I had to think about my baby and I knew, you know, if something were to happen to her, I would never forgive myself. I knew that this, this was her plan. I had to release my plan and realize Uh, like, okay, this is my baby and my body telling me this is what needs to happen. We need to go to the hospital and see what, what happens from there. Um, You know, this was my baby's plan. So I kind of had to release it to her and go from there. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's beautiful. So, Great. Thanks for, thanks for expanding on that a little yeah. bit. I really appreciate that. Of course. So we ended up, you know, at this, at the time we were at the midwife's, you know, her house. So we said to go to the hospital. Um, she said, okay, well, you have some time. You know, I wasn't having, I was, at this point, I was having maybe mild, like kind of cramping, like period cramps. She said, you have a little bit of time, go home, 
get your stuff together. You know, we'll meet you there at, you know, at 4.30, I think we said. Um, and again, my water had broke at 12.30. So we ran home and I, I you know, I didn't have anything packed. I had, I didn't have a hospital bag because we were going to be at home. So I didn't have this backup plan. So we had to run home and, you know, get our stuff together. You know, some things that I did think about once I was home, like I brought my diffuser for essential oils. So I thought, okay, I want it to smell somewhat like home, right? I want some comforts from home. I brought some snacks with me. I brought like almond butter and dates and like my favorite tortillas, like random stuff, but things that like made me feel like I was going to be comfortable. I brought clothes uh, for myself, you know, slippers, different things like that and threw them in a bag. You know, I had some food before we left some, some, I was like so random, like leftover salmon and peanut butter and jelly. So weird, but it sounded good. So we, at this point, you know, after packing, I was starting to feel things moving along. Uh, contractions definitely started kicking in. My husband said, maybe, maybe you should start tracking these because they were kind of picking up pretty quick. By the time we left to go to the hospital, I mean, I was bent over on the counter, on the kitchen counter, like having to take deep breaths before we could, you know, move on into the car. Uh, so it was progressing quickly. Got to the hospital. Our midwife and her team showed up to meet us and still progressing very quickly. You know, I had to stop on the way in, you know, take a couple deep breaths during contractions. Okay, we're good to go. Keep on walking in. Um, so I was definitely, my midwife said I was in active labor at this point. Get in, we get checked in, uh, get into our room. And I had asked to put, you know, my, uh, I brought like a dress, like a nursing gown that I wanted. I did not want to put on a hospital gown because that just made me feel like, great, you know, I'm in a hospital. I didn't want that feeling. I wanted my, my gown on. Um, so we asked for it. We asked if I could do that. They were a little bit resistant, but they said yes. Mm. So I put my things on. And I mentioned that because, you know, we asked for things all up through this entire process, you know, things that would make me feel comfortable and more at home, I made a point to ask for. And so did my husband. He spoke up for me as well. That's awesome. So the doctor, yeah, and just, you know, you can't ask for things, you know, I, just, <laughs> I know this is so different, you know, for most mamas probably listening, but when you go into the hospital, you can, you know, make a point to ask for what you want. Um, so the doctor came in to see me. It was the same doctor who had planned to do the version the next day, if I had made it that long. But uh, luckily, she came in. Um, we did a scan to, you know, check the baby, see where she was positioned. She was still breached, but she was slightly turned. It's funny because she was turned the opposite way than what my midwife was trying to do the version the other way, because we thought she would want to go that way based on where her cord was. But turns out she was turning the other way slightly. So that was interesting to see. Uh, we thought, okay, maybe, maybe she'll turn. Like by the time I'm in, you know, ready to go, maybe we can do this naturally and we can do this here and it's all going to work out. So it was looking hopeful. And then the doctor checked me. I was at four centimeters. So I was progressing very quickly, the doctor said. And this is where the big blow came in. Um, the bad news, I guess I would say. She, the doctor, could feel my baby's hand and she was holding her cord. So this was a major red flag because if she's holding her cord and her hand is down there, I mean, she was kind of like somersaulted. You can picture like her hands are like between her legs almost sitting Indian style and her hands are between her legs mm. holding her cord. 
Um, so if we did attempt to do this, you know, vaginally, she would be squeezing her cord. It's called, um, oh shoot, it's cord progression. I can't, I can't think of the name that it's actually called now, mom brain. <laughs> but anyway, there's a term for it where, uh, you know, the cord gets compressed and that, you know, obviously constricts, you know, the baby can't get oxygen, the baby can't get blood and that's where terrible things can happen in birth. Um, if that cord gets compressed for too long. So this was again, a big red flag. Um, we had the choice then our doctor told us, well, I would highly recommend, you know, going in for a C-section. Uh, if we attempt to do this vaginally, like I said, you know, things can go wrong. She can, you know, if she doesn't turn anymore, if she keeps holding her cord, she can compress the cord, things can go very badly. And I could end up in an emergency C-section where they would have to knock me out and I would not witness the birth of our baby at all. You know, that was a very likely result of, you know, if we attempted to move forward okay, um, to deliver her vaginally. So again, we got these choices, you know, do we, do we risk it? Do we try? Do we, do we risk not seeing, do I risk not seeing the birth of our baby, you know, or something could go horribly wrong. You know, she could compress her cord and we could lose her. You know, that's a really harsh reality that I had to make some emotional to talk about. I had to really sit and think again, you know, this is my baby's plan. This is her plan. This is my body. This isn't what I want. This is what she needs and what she wants. And she's telling us that, you know, we weren't meant to be at home. We weren't meant to have a, you know, a vaginal birth. You know, this was what she needed. And I had to really, again, release all of my plans and all of my wants um, and just listen to her and know what was best for her. So my husband and I, we did, we sat and we talked about it for a few seconds and we decided, all right, let's move forward with a C-section. That way I would get to see her um, and it would, you know, potentially save her life and risk any dangers that we had, um, you know, if we were to do anything different. And again, this is so hard for me, you know, to release it all. Here I am having a C-section, the last thing that I wanted, you know, I wanted this home birth and here I am going forward with a C-section. Um, but I, through every step, you know, we got to say, you know, we want skin on skin. Can we do that? Yes, they were all for that. You know, we asked for delayed cord clamping. And they said, we can only do up to a minute because, you know, I could bleed out, but they'll do as long as they can. You know, right after they get her out, they'll leave it as long as they can, you know, before it becomes a danger for me. Uh, you know, we asked, please don't put her in the warmer. Put her right on us. Don't wipe her down. Just put her right on me, right on my chest. And so we asked for all these things, like even though my plan was totally shot out the window. I did have these things that were still really important to me, so really important to my husband. And we got to speak up and ask for what we wanted, even through this whole process. Um, so, so they wheeled me in, uh, you know, went forward with everything. My husband was right there next to me. We got to have our birth photographer, who was also part of our midwife's team. She was in there with us, got to photograph the entire thing. They got to drop the curtain. I got to see her come out and she was screaming and reaching for me. And it was, you know, through it all, it was such a whirlwind. It was so fast. I mean, from Friday to Wednesday, that's how quickly this all changed for me. And, you know, again, being a planner, sorry, my voice is so cracky. It's hard to talk about it sometimes. Mm. 
um, being a planner, you know, it's hard to mm-hmm. have your plan totally change, but seeing her healthy and screaming and crying, and then they come and put her on my chest and she was crying and trying, you know, trying to find my boob and to latch, which was so <laughs> cool. Um, and she's on me and she's covered in vernix and just like, I'm kissing her and she's a mess. Um, my husband's singing to her and it was such a beautiful moment, you know, even though it was so different than the moment I pictured. Um, it was so beautiful that she was safe and healthy in here. And um, now that we have these beautiful birth photos to look back at, and I, you know, I've had some time to really think back and digest everything that happened, um, you know, from the breach, you know, through the, the version attempt, through the birth, you know, recovering in the hospital with her. Um, and I look back now and I, it's really helpful for me to see the big picture, you know, and I, I think back to our call, you know, the, the previous episode I was on, I wanted this empowered birth. I wanted, you know, to feel empowered. And that's why I wanted home birth. You know, I wanted to be in charge of the choices that we had and the decisions we made and to have this empowering experience. And I realized that an empowered birth doesn't mean that it goes according to plan. No, that that doesn't mean it's empowered. Um, Empower feeling empowered to me was having choices throughout this entire process. You know, we made the choice to go to the hospital. We made the choice to have the C-section. We could have declined it. You know, we made the choice to have skin on skin and to have her not have a bath, you know, after the birth. And she stayed with us every second after she was born. She didn't leave my chest. She didn't leave my husband's chest, you know, in the hospital. We made all these choices. And while it was totally different than our plan, I, wa- I look back and I feel empowered that it was our choice. You know, it, this was our birth. And, you know, I'm still working through some things where, you know, I do feel some guilt. You know, I do feel I have those what if moments. Um, you know, I, I, I went through those feelings of I didn't give birth. You know, I didn't give, I, I didn't birth her. You know, I, I struggled with all of that in the beginning. Um, you know, feeling like I, I lost out on this opportunity that I, you know, I didn't have my, I didn't get that birth experience, you know, am am I not a a real mom because I didn't birth her, you know, naturally I went through all those struggles in the beginning, but I look back now and I say, yes, of course I birthed her, you know, and she wasn't, you know, someone told me this quote, she wasn't pushed into this world. She was pulled or she was lifted into this world. Um, she wasn't pushed into this world. She was lifted. And that was really beautiful to me because it might not be your typical, you know, your natural birth, as you might say, but this was her birth story. This is our birth story. And it's different, but I look back and I feel empowered. And I'm so grateful that she's healthy and that I'm healthy um, and that we're both doing well now. And I love sharing this story because you know, I'm not the only mom out there that's ha- that has had this happen to them. Um, you know, even if you're not planning home birth, maybe you're planning a hospital birth, but you want to do it all naturally and things don't go to plan. It doesn't mean you have to walk away and feel like you missed out on your birth experience or that it's not a valid experience or that, you know, you didn't have to, you didn't feel empowered. I think so many beautiful things can come from your birth story, even if it's not the exact one that you planned. So... That's our wild breach birth. <laughs> wow. 
I have <laughs> nothing to say or do here. I mean, of course I do, but dang. Um, if people who are still listening, like, have dry eyes, I would be super shocked. Um, or, you know, had to pull over and just take a minute. Because that, everything, and how you, how you brought it all together and brought it back around and revisited some of the the thoughts and the feelings and the understanding that they may even come around again. You might have another cycle yeah. of of all of this and then some new insights or or whatever. The way you broke that down is so powerful and I think Every woman, no matter the birth or plan for the birth, can have her own version of what you just kind of went through and can have it multiple times over. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it's needed. I think it's needed to go through that process because there are physical things that are healing and recovering, but then there, there's the unseen that is healing and recovering mm -hmm. as well from any birth, even if it goes exactly to your plan. There right. are things that need that sort of attention and that energy and that love. And I know you said it, but I just want to add some like powerful juice to it and just reaffirm and reiterate mm -hmm. for you. You absolutely birthed this baby. You absolutely <laughs> brought her into the world. And I, it makes me think about this, this innate wisdom that babies have that we don't always give them credit for in her providing you the opportunity to explore what it's like when things don't necessarily go to plan and yeah. to practice your voice and to be that strong, powerful advocate for yourself and for her and for your family. I mean, yeah. she chose you for a reason. And um, mm -hmm. now I'm tearing up. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's your agreement that you all made together, whether that was on some other side of, of some other, you know, mm -hmm. experience, but this is what you're creating together. And she gave you such an amazing opportunity to really use your voice and to understand your choice along the way. And here's the thing too, just because you had choice and you exercised it powerfully and you had people supporting mm -hmm. you and you had great care, you can still feel things yeah. about it too. I think we, we kind of strip women of that, that permission to feel any type of way, mm -hmm. even if you do have a healthy, beautiful baby here. Like some people say, well, that's the bottom line. You have a healthy baby. That's it. You're okay. Mm -hmm. No, that's not mm -hmm. it. That's a part of it, but there's so of much course. more. And, you know, uh, and, and then it keeps going. I mean, all the things now to learn and to practice, you know, eight weeks in and, and beyond, yeah. it's all a part of it. And so I'm just, I'm just so grateful for your sharing and your vulnerability mm -hmm. and your just realness with it, like peeling back all the layers. I know that other women need to hear that. And so, um, it's an amazing story and you tell it very well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's taken me a long time to get to this point to be able to share it. And I, you know, I thank you for having me back on because I thought, Oh my gosh, I didn't have this home birth. Now I can't be on the show. And now I've, I've talked about this to so many people and they're going to think I failed. And I had those feelings, you know, in the beginning. And <sighs> I think it's so important that I love what you're doing here with your podcast and to us, for us all to talk about it, you know, mm -hmm. us as moms, like, like you said, even if things go to plan, talk about
about things. Mm Because if you have this great birth experience, maybe your postpartum is going to be really hard Mm. or you're going to have a fussy baby or whatever it is. I think what I've learned from all of this, other than, you know, looking back and being able to feel empowered is, is we are a community of moms. Like we're not alone. You know, this is not, I'm not the only person where this has happened to. It helps when we all speak out and share our stories and help one another as moms rather than feeling like we have to go through this all alone and that we're the only people this is happening to and we're a failure. That is so not true. So I appreciate what you're doing with this podcast just to be a voice for, you know, all the other mamas out there who need to talk to someone or need to hear other stories or need to listen and know that they're not alone. So thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I would love to hear from you um, just some suggestions or a few easy points of things that mamas out there could Mm do um, in postpartum now healing Um, things that you've done that have been helpful for you, whether it's physically or, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually um, who may have gone a similar route as you maybe had a plan and then, you know, went see birth or, or their plan, Mm -hmm. like I said, unfolded exactly the way that they wanted. But um, what are some things that have helped you um, in the, in the state and kind of stage you're in right now that you think other mamas could benefit from? Sure. So first, like I was just saying, talk to other mamas, Yeah, you know, if it's your mom, if it's your friends, you know, even if you're on social media, you'll be surprised by how many people have gone through what you've gone through. Or just even like you said, if you have this great, you know, birth that went to plan to have someone you can say, you know, my baby is fussy and I'm crying. And I have no idea why I'm crying. I'm so happy. I love her so much. But why am I crying so much? You know, having someone that you can talk to know that you're not alone. So speak up, talk to other people. Um, That would be first and foremost. That's something that helped me so, so much. Um, Number two, give yourself grace through all of it. Um, That's been like my big word for the year. Um, Give yourself grace through your postpartum. Um, Take your time. You know, feel all the emotions, feel all the feels, know that it's okay. Give yourself grace as you recover and you get used to this new life. Um, so yeah, don't put any pressure on yourself or don't compare yourself to other people. Give yourself grace. Um, number three, I would say, you know, to journal, that was huge for me, especially because this didn't all go to plan. I needed to, to get it out somewhere, you know, other than talking to other people, I needed to have some moments to myself, uh, to really reflect on what happened to get my feelings out. And it was, you know, it was hard to journal and I'll, you know, one week, two weeks postpartum, who has time or energy for that? But I'm glad I did because it helped me work through a lot of things that I had in my mind and um, just get it all out on paper somewhere. Uh, So that's something I would definitely recommend. Um, Yeah, I think those are my, my top three, other than, you know, of course, there's lots of, you know, blogs out there, there's, you know, podcasts like this one, and all these other great things that can help. but I think those are my top three things that have helped me postpartum, especially just working through our birth that didn't really, you know, like I said, go to plan. Uh, so, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. So other mamas out there, recap, talk to other mamas, one, two, give yourself mm-hmm. grace, and three, journaling. Those are all very tangible, mm-hmm. you know, clear. Um, I love that. That's, that's Thank amazing. You. And then I'm just curious, how has 
um, the care you've experienced in postpartum been, you know, are you still utilizing any of your birth team or people that, you know, you, that supported you in pregnancy? How has that been as far as, you know, your tribe continuing to nurture you through, um, now motherhood and, and postpartum? Yeah. Great question. So my midwife and her team, like I said, were with us the entire time through Mm. our birth at the hospital, Mm -hmm. which was great. Um, she continued to to check on me. She came to the hospital. We stayed there for uh, two days, three days total. Um, she came to check on us. And all through my postpartum, we continued to see my midwife and her team. Uh, she did home visits for us. And she, I think, came to see me a little more in the beginning because of how everything went. I was very vulnerable and very emotional. So she would come over and I would just cry and, you know, share how I was feeling and my midwife would just listen and like put her hand on my leg and just let me cry, you know? And um, so that was really great. Obviously to have her, you know, at home to check on our baby girl and how she was doing and um, all of that. We continued to see her up through six weeks and we did visits with her at her house. She would come visit with us. You know, I would text my midwife and say, Oh my gosh, she has this like, weird acne. What the heck is that? <laughs> now she has a rash on her, you know, what's this diaper rash? What do I do to get rid of it? So that's been great to have, you know, I'm so grateful for my midwife and her team and that we did go this route of having them, you know, even though we ended up in the hospital, we had such great support all through my pregnancy, even through the birthing experience and now postpartum. And I know, you know, I went we went to a barbecue get together yesterday with my husband and you know my midwife, her team, and all these people that she's helped. And I know that she will forever be, you know, part of our family now. So mm. I'm so grateful for our midwife and all the people on her team. It's been great care. That's that's so yeah. awesome, um, Brooke. Mm. You're amazing. I'm so happy that we <laughs> connected Thank and you. that I was able to have you on the show not once but twice. Um, thank you. What is there anything that you would just like to leave listeners with, or any other thing that's kind of hanging on your heart that you just want to put out there as far as your story, postpartum, anything that you just, you know, really feel needs saying? I just want to say that mamas, all of you mamas out there, like my mama, anyone that's a mom, <laughs> you guys are freaking amazing. And know that if you're a brand new mom, you have no idea what you're doing and you're like emotional and crying and feel like you're doing everything wrong. You're not alone. We're all here. We've all been there. (laughs) Know that you are not alone mamas and that you're doing an amazing job and just keep doing the best you can. Take it one day at a time. Mm. I love it. I love it. And I'm going to include ways for people Mm -hmm. to connect with you on Instagram because you are very active there and sharing all kinds of great things in your journey from health tips to just some of those real baby mama days. And I love it. I definitely (laughs) um, jive on that and relate to it. So um, I'll include a link there to Brookie N Fitness is where you can get in touch with Brooke. And um, just again, thank you and love to you and Henley and Jordan and Watson, all of you out there uh, in California. We just appreciate appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Quick. 
quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.